what's up? This is Donald Tardy from Obituary, and you're listening to East Coast Metal Radio. Turn it up. Going on, crew. This is John from East Coast Metal Radio. Uh, we are live here on Monday night, and um, yeah, we're gonna have a pretty cool show. Make it quick. Get the hell out of here. Uh, we're gonna have our interviews that we just did last week with John Five. Uh, John's got a new album coming out, and we'll talk about that. And uh, we also interviewed uh, drummer Don Tardy from Obituary. And guess what? The Obituary has a new album and tour. So. Uh, we'll discuss that. We'll play some cool tunes and uh, <coughs> try to put this stupid ass Monday behind us. So, um, for right now, we will uh, start off with I don't know, probably one of my favorite um, obituary songs ever. Uh, we're going to play Redneck Stomp. <laughs>
follow us on Twitter at ECM Radio Show and on Facebook at uh, East Coast Metal Radio Show or East Coast Metal Show. I'm sorry, Facebook. Yeah, so that was cool, man. Uh, you know, it, just a great, great instrumental. And um, up next, we're going to play our interview with Don Tardy, drummer for Obituary. Um, and, you know, of course, I had to bring up Redneck Stomp. And, uh, yeah, Don said that, you know, sometimes, you know, John, his brother, the singer, uh, you know, sometimes he hears the music and feels that, look, I don't need to add vocals to it, man. And that was how uh, Redneck Stomp came about. They, uh, him and Alan, uh, Don and Alan wrote the song, and it was, you know, recorded, and John's like, look, you know, the song's badass as it is. I don't need to add any vocals. So, you know, they did it, and that was it. So... Um, we're going to play the obituary interview. You know, Don was really cool, man. You listen to it. And uh, obviously, he uh, we were talking to promote the upcoming uh, album uh, for obituary, self-titled album, which comes out on Relapse Records on March 17th. And um, a tour that they're going to be having starting up on the same day, actually, with Creator. So it's going to be a great show. And uh, the album's great. I mean, it just, it's really fucking heavy. And uh, if you guys like Obituary, this is an album for you. So uh, here's our interview with uh, drummer Don Tardy. On the phone with us is Don Tardy from Obituary. Um, Don, how's it going today? It's going great, man. I'm soaking wet. I'm sweaty. I just <laughs> finished rehearsing and you gave me a call. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. We were rehearsing today for the Creator Tour. So we were supposed to be here at 10.30 to play the entire set. And then you called for my first interview. It turned into hanging around, smoking, and talking until 33 minutes before your call. <laughs> so we just uh, we just played the, the, the four new songs that we're going to perform live off the new album. We just played them t- two times in a row. Oh, that's so awesome, and, uh, man. Fuck the, fuck the old songs. We'll, we'll figure them out until March. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've played them before, so, you know, <laughs> you should know exactly. them. <laughs> it's the new ones that are challenging because, you know, it's one thing learning them and playing them in the studio, but to... To find that muscle memory and, and be comfortable playing those songs loud and in front of people, the new ones anyway, it's very tough. Oh, sure, man. Sure, I could imagine. Uh, huge obituary fans. Um, last time we saw you guys was last February opening up for Cannibal Corpse um, here in Philly. Oh, what venue? Where at? Uh, Philly, probably T- uh, the TLA or the Troc, uh, one or the other. Awesome. Um, awesome. On South Philly Street. Rules. Philly rules. Philly's really good uh, to obituary. You know, awesome and... Fans. And it's so funny, Don, because usually, like, I, I play some guitar, so usually when I'm seeing a band live and I'm in the photo pit, you know, shooting, uh, you know, my attention gravitates towards the guitar player. But I specifically remember that my son was behind me in the front row, and I was in the photo pit, and when you guys came out doing Redneck Stomp, I just went right to the drummer, and you, you, right ju- you just tore it up, dude. I mean, that whole set was fucking amazing, man. Right on. Thank you very much. Good compliment. Good words. And um, thank you, dude. Yeah. I've been doing it for a while. I should be good at it by now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think one of the best songs to open up a show with is Redneck Stomp. I mean, it, j- it just gets everybody pumped and ready to go for, you know, the next hour or whatever set it is. Absolutely. Um, I'm not afraid to do that, especially live, even at, even in festivals where you, where you only have like a 35-minute slot, you know, at Hellfest in France in front of 12,000. Most bands would panic or you know, setting a set list and playing three minutes of music without John on stage. But, yeah. um, like you said, you know, Redneck Stomp, sometimes it feels good just to just to get into that groove, get people's blood flowing, and get them ready for some of Florida death metal. 
when whenever I hear it, I, I automatically just want to start busting shit, you know. So it's that kind of song. <laughs> How did that one come about uh, when you guys recorded that? Was that something that? Was that... Alan West. that was me and Big Al. Really? Wow. A long time ago. Oh yeah, that was that. That song's twenty years old, which is you know that's that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where again, obituary. Anyone that studies and understands metal, we you know that when you hear obituary songs, we are not about verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse. John does not worry about what he's trying to sing or what words and trying to fit him into a bunch of verses. Instead, we just go for it. And if the song feels good without vocals, John's not afraid to sing. If you listen to, like, the song Dying off Cause of Death or you listen to Even Find Near Eyes, one of the first songs, there's very little singing, like, meaning the parts, the minutes during the song compared to most bands. And, and that's probably what kind of obituary stands out a little bit is we're not afraid to do that. So with Redneck Stomp... It was strange. My brother just said, it's such a heavy hook and it's such a good riff. I, I don't even want to sing over it. Let's just let it ride. <laughs> and um, we're not afraid to do that. In fact, we put that the first song on the, on the what is that on? That's on Frozen in Time probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frozen in Time. So that was when Alan was still with us. And we put that as the first song on the, on the album. And the record label freaked when Roadrunner heard that. They said, you cannot do that. And then they also said you cannot put a rebel flag on the back of a redneck stomp shirt. And we did it, and it was a big hit for the fans hearing one song without any vocals, waiting for John, and then also a merchandise piece with a, with a, a, a rebel flag on it. Wow. And it was the biggest seller of the tour, so it just goes to show, you know, record labels panic, but leave it up to the leave it to the band to make smart decisions about that band. Don't yeah. try and step in because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you guys know your fans. You know, you you sit and see them all the time, so you know what what's expected. And they know us. Yeah, yeah. And they know us. The record label doesn't know what the band what, what the fans feel. The band does. We see them every night and hang out with them every night. Sure. They know what my fans want. They're like me. They want head nodding fucking metal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, when when the band got together in the mid '80s, the metal scene was kind of all over the place. I mean, you know, what made you and John go into you know the executioner obituary route? Well, you know, it, I mean, that's a good, it's kind of a good point to bring up because it, it is weird. We got to remember that in 1985 and '86, we were already in a studio trying to record demos as executioner, and Death was recording and. And DSI was around, and, and everyone's kind of doing their thing. We didn't know what death metal was in 85, 86. We knew what it, a term, but we didn't know what we were about to accomplish. So, you know, it, it was all over the place in the 80s, but it found its way real quick because the new, you know, the first album didn't, even though we recorded it in around 86, 87, 88, it didn't come out until probably 89. And uh, so it was the 90s by the time it actually caught fire. You know, once, once there was an ignition, Slowly Rot turned into Cause of Death real quick, and those two albums really made a mark for themselves. And it kind of straightened up the death metal scene in Florida anyway. And, and you know, we were just one of a few badass bands from, from, from here in Central Florida. And uh, it really did help mold what death metal is now. Yeah, totally. I mean, I had, I had made a list of some of the albums that came out around the 86 era, and, you know... ACDC, Who Made Who, uh, Ozzy's Ultimate Sin. I mean, that's not even close to anything that you guys are doing. Right. Um, you know, yeah, Metallica right. had Masters of Puppets, and Megadeth had Peace Cells, yeah. and Slayer came out, Rain and Blood, but, you know, so different. Right. I mean, it, the, the two kings did exactly what they needed to do to show us the light, and that was that was Metallica's Master of Puppets. It, it, that's the most epic, badass album. All of us know that. When you heard that for the first time, or if you haven't heard it, and you're listening to this radio show, 
young enough that you have not sat down and listened to Master of Puppets from the first song till the ending of the album, do it. And you'll see, same as Rain and Blood, of course, Slayer's the best band in the world. Rain and Blood is the most brutal album on the planet, and it gave us the guidance. It gave obituary and death and fucking morbid and deicide. It gave us all a direction to go, which was straightforward and extremely good or you're not going to be good enough right. and, uh, and that was it and then of course you know death metal kind of started getting huge and uh and here we are uh, thank God, man, and you know uh, the. Uh, I wanted to thank you guys for putting out Ten Thousand Ways to Die, the last album that came out last year, because that came out like in I guess September, October of last year, and it, it reminded me of the show that I seen you guys with uh, Cannibal Corpse in February. I mean, it, it just such right a, a great live set, and of course the two new songs was just uh, right just awesome, and that kind of appeased a right. fan like me to today where we're talking about the new album, you know. And 10,000 Ways to Die, that's a release that we simply did it because we had some new songs and we wanted fans to get excited about a new album. So we said, let's give them two songs that we're kind of working on and recording real quick, give people a taste of it. But then we also, during that time, were on tour with Cannibal Corpse and we had Joe Sincata, our American engineer, out with us and he had a full uh, Pro Tools rig. So he recorded each show each night and that was the decision. We said, man, let's give fans... Two, two new songs for this 10,000 Ways to Die release. The title track, 10,000 Ways to Die, that song is going to be on the new album. Yeah. The song Lowe's, that's a, that's a little bonus track for that release. But the cool thing about it, and if people don't own it yet, that release has 11 songs that are live performances from the board and in 11 different cities in America. Wow. So that's, that's pretty cool. So you can hear night after night what the fans are doing, night after night what the production is, night after night what the band performance was like. As you, as you can imagine, bands, you know, you're going for it 24 shows in a row. You're going to hear some mistakes and flaws or different sounds on stage. And it's a really cool release for obituary fans if they don't own it. And, I mean, it, we literally put it out for, like, I think it was nine bucks. Wow. Because we wanted everyone just to hear the new songs. Yeah, yeah. Know? It's about the new album that's coming out um, next month. Yeah, I, I have the album, and, you know, it does capture that live feel. And I figured it was from the soundboard because it sounds amazing, man. Right on, John. The uh, upcoming album is, is your 10th, which is out March 17th. Um, why did you guys go self-titled on this one? I mean, it's 30 years uh, as a band. You know, it's a, it's an establishment now. It's, it's a monument in death metal, this band, this logo, this name. I can't believe it's 30 years. I am not an old dude. So for it to be 30 years is two-thirds of my life. You know, nearly my entire, you know, life. So, you know, the... The album cover is just a classic obituary death metal cover with killer fucking um, detail to the logo and shit. And we just simply said, you know what? It feels right. Just We've never named an album obituary for fans to grab the vinyl or grab the t-shirt and just sit there and stare at a cool logo. Yeah, and, uh, sure. Again, 10, ten, year, ten albums and, and 30 years. It's almost unbelievable that this band's been in a, it's, you know, hanging out with each other in a room jamming for 31 years now. It's crazy. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fans because Inked and Blood was a, was a crowd a crowd funded album, and you know, you, That's right. you guys brought it in, and, and you know, fans, I guess, you know, wanted to hear that one, so you know, it just right goes on. to show, you know. And it goes to show that people love it and they want to be a part of it. You know, it's easy to it's easy to just stream an album that you love uh, on YouTube, but it's a it's something different when you actually take the time and get that feeling when you 
grab an album and you bought it and you supported it and you're actually holding on to it and listening to it, whether it's vinyl or, or CD, of course, like with most people, or digitally getting it on your phone, knowing that that's what the band strives for. You know, we, we pour our fucking guts into records, not just writing the songs, but making it to where it's a fan can be proud blasting it in their, you know, in their car or on their headphones. And, uh, and it's, it's just a good feeling to see that there's obituary fans that are still buying records and, and supporting, um, supporting the bands they love. Yeah, and, and the new album must be played as loud as possible. Um, the, <laughs> you know, the album starts off with two super fast songs, Brave and Sentence Day, and I, I believe Sentence Day was the first single. Um, why was that song chosen as a single for the new album? It's just like you said. It's fast, aggressive for obituary standards, and fun and exciting in only two and a half minutes, and we grabbed all the photos from the last year and a half, proud photos of, of you know the band on stage, us traveling, sleeping in hotels, and, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's on obituary.cc. Um, it's just a cool video. It's just, it's what we did for a year and a half as a band in still pictures with all the fan photos we could find so you can literally find yourself in the crowd. Most of them are to, fe are to festivals because last year we were really, you know, busy in Europe at the, uh, the summertime, and that's where a lot of the photos were grabbed from. But um, just a cool video. You know, it's just fun and exciting and fast. Yeah, yeah. Third song is Lesson in Vengeance, and I like the song a lot, Dom. The uh, guitar chord progressions, I mean, they just stand out so big, man, and your drums are tracked yeah. so well. I mean, the the sound of the drums make it, everything sound so so big, so monster, you know? Right on. Right on, dude. And, yeah, and thank you. You know, that comes from, that's the, you know, that's where Obituary became a band, is if you listen to that, that third song, it's a... It is a Celtic Frost feel, and that's where we that's where we found our niche was when we heard Tom Warrior and Hellhammer and Celtic Frost when he was writing those records. It's some of my favorite shit, and it, it rubbed off on me. And Lesson in Vengeance is the perfect example. And, you know, I guess to make it a majority rules, it seems like every interview I've been doing anyway and the record labels reply are, um, you know, um, thoughts. And the band's idea of what song's ruling on that, that song always comes up. Yeah, that song we're going to be playing on the on the this this year coming up. We're going to play it on the Creator Tour for awesome. sure. Awesome, awesome. Um, it's just a badass song. Yeah, and you had mentioned earlier that Ten Thousand Ways to Die is on this album. Why is that on there and not Loathe as well? Because we wanted fans. Anytime a fan's going to shell out some money, even if it's eight ninety nine, which you know, again, we tip it a low, just a low cost badass album. Thirteen fucking songs on it. Eleven of them are live in America, and um. And we just wanted to keep it low, but we also wanted it to be where collectors and fans, you find that song on that record, and that's the, that's for that release. 10,000 Ways to Die is just a, a song we were so excited about for the new album that we recorded it. We, 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 we put it out there, we just knew, if you like this, this is what this is the direction of the, of the new album. And it is very obituary style, groovy uh, music. Yeah, I mean, March 17th, the album comes out, and it's just a great album from start to finish. Um, your your tour with Creator, um, you know, kicks off soon, and actually the tour wraps up right here in Philly, <laughs> April 15th, so I'm right hoping on. to get out and see that, man. Um, you know, Creator has a new album out, too, a phenomenal album, so that's going to be a really cool tour. This is going to be a cool tour. You know, we have, we, we have played shows, and we've known Creator for a long time, but uh, anytime two bands get to go and play 25 shows together, you become extremely close friends. We just did it with Exodus. We just did Battle of the Bays in Europe with 
uh, Exodus and Obituary and like 25 shows in Europe. And not only did we tour for that month and a half with them dudes, we actually shared a bus. So you become very close friends and the Exodus dudes are super cool dudes and they're friends of ours. And I'm so looking forward to just hanging out with Creator. I know Millet and, and, and we've been friends for nearly 20 years, but we've never really hung out for weeks at a time. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be fun, not to mention seeing some Creator every night. Oh, definitely, man. Um, after that tour, I know this summer you guys were overseas doing some festivals like Hellfest and Bloodstock. Um, uh, what else you have uh, planned for the U.S. this year? This this calendar year is already like it's already penciled in and confirmed 2017. So we're going to do this Creator tour. We got a little surprise for American fans right after that, uh, sometime in May, and we'll be making that announce that announcement on Facebook and our and our uh, website soon. Okay. Um, some of the American fans are going to be happy because we always pass by certain places and uh, it's hard to see a lot of markets, but we're, we're going to try a couple things this year. And then, of course, we have all summertime. June, July, and August, we fly three different times to Europe and we have, you know, all the festivals that we are confirmed for is already up on the website. And then those killer shows in between, like where you have, we're playing Hellfest on June 16th. It's the first festival of the year for us. And uh, then we have a couple days where we can literally just hang out and watch the festival and we actually fly back home. The, the next time we go there, we stay for two and a half weeks and we play one weekend at a fest, couple festivals. Then we have all these in-between shows in small clubs, you know, like Picture Club in Philly where we're not playing the truck, but we're playing somewhere small because it's an off day. Yeah. And uh, just packing it like 200 people crammed somewhere in Germany. <laughs> oh my so God. So they love that <laughs> shit. So it's all, all summer we're in, in, uh, in America. I mean, uh, in Europe, back and forth, and then of course we're focused on America again towards the end of the uh, of the year after the summertime. So probably three different American runs, and that's all going to be announced pretty soon. We'll be looking out for it, and I appreciate your time today, Don. Right on, John. You guys take it easy, Philly. Buy the new album and turn that shit up. <laughs> <laughs>
great song from Obituary, uh, That Sentence Day. Yeah, that was a very cool interview, man. I hope you guys liked it. And uh, again, don't forget to check out uh, Obituary's new album. The self-titled album uh, comes out on March 17th through Relapse Records. Um, okay, so now we're going to play a very, very cool song from our friends from Suicide Silence. Uh, they're controversial. I don't know if they meant it to be that way, but their very controversial uh, album is out now. Um, yeah, a new direction for the band, man. They're going clean, so um, I don't really dig a whole lot of it, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's a little bit too mellow. Not really mellow. I, I guess just clean. Too much clean vocals. Um, you know, we're used to heavy, heavy, heavy from Suicide, and that's not what this album's about. But uh, this first song that was released is fucking heavy and I love it I still love it I'll always love it Doris
this Friday the uh, brand new album from John Five. You know John Five. Come on, you know him. Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson. Um, yeah, world-renowned guitarist John Five and his band The Creatures have their uh, their solo album Season of the Witch coming out this Friday. And uh, yeah, John was very cool to uh, call in to us and speak to us about the album, um, about the uh, touring that they're going to be doing. Um, and, you know, of course we touched on some zombie stuff. And uh, he actually gave some pretty cool insight and some techniques on guitar playing. Uh, you know, how he sets up his guitar with strings and pickups and so forth. So some of you guitarists will kind of dig it too. But um just a great dude to talk to, and here's our interview with John Five. On the phone with us now is the one and only Mr. John Five. Uh, John, how's it going today? It's going well. I can't complain. So, uh, here in Southern California and uh, getting ready to go on tour. It's so funny that this interview came up uh, this week for me, John, because just on last week's show, we played uh, This Is My Rifle. And that's such a great tune, man. I, I had to throw it in. I forget what we were talking about, um, but I was playing you know, some different songs here and there, and uh, I pulled that one out of the archives, and that's such a great song, man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. For us this year, on March 3rd, you got a new album coming out, Season of the Witch, uh, with your band, The Creatures. Introduce us to uh, Ian and Roger, where they came from and how you became to be friends with them. Well, I've known Roger you know, pretty much my whole life. Um, and he's actually the one who said, you know, because I made all of my records, he has a studio called the Doghouse Studios. And he said, you know, we should go out and do some shows. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think anyone's going to want to hear this stuff, you know. So, uh, but he's kind of responsible for, you know, getting us out on tour and things like that. And he said, well, we need a bass player, and so I went to MI, because this stuff is very difficult. We had uh, sure. Matt Bissonette from Elton John's band playing bass on all the recordings previous to Ian coming in, and, uh, you know, the bass is very complicated, so I auditioned a bunch of people at MI, which is a music school here in Los Angeles, and um, Ian was great, you know, he was just a phenomenal player. And But the difference for this tour is Roger, our drummer, is going to sit this tour out because he has a studio and it's so booked that he can't even leave. So I have a new drummer uh, stepping in and his name is, uh, this is a cool name, Logan Miles Nick. And it's <laughs> Logan and then Miles and then the last name spelled N-I-X. So... Uh, you know, he's a phenomenal drummer, and uh, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. The uh, tour kicks off on uh, on the album release day, and uh, locally here in the Philadelphia area, you're hitting the Sellersville Theater up in Sellersville, PA, on April 10th. And I'm not sure if you've ever been there before, but it's just this cool, old-time theater. Um, I think the sound's going to be remarkable. I mean, I've seen a couple guys play there before. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I really love those old places, you know, because I'm a total history guy, so I really, really love to be in a place where, you know, certain things went down, or if it was an old movie theater, or, you know, I just love that stuff, it really is something else. 
I saw uh, Anvil there probably two years ago. I had an interview with uh, Lips and Rob before the show, and uh, I mean, you know, of course, you know, heavy, heavy rock, heavy metal, and the sound was just amazing. It's it's pretty intimate. I don't know, maybe five to eight hundred, if I had to guess, uh, something like that. But yeah, it's a beautiful little town, nice little place. So, John, um, I, I think this time we'll talk about some of the uh, songs off the album like we do before, but I did want to touch on your guitars because it, it looks like from everything I see on the videos that you've posted uh, you know, for songs on, off the album that you're really a, a Fender guy, um, and you have, you have so many different ones that they're just remarkable, but um, I wanted to talk about pickups and strings. Um, do you change them based on tone and uh, sound that you're trying to get, or do you just have your favorites that you go with? Um, I, you know, with pickups, I, I love DiMarzio. I've always played DiMarzio ever since I was a kid, so I kind of just stuck with, you know, I'm not a real sound buff guy. I'm not a real sound, you know, like, I have to have the certain screws and certain wood and all these things. You know, I, I don't know why I'm just, like, not that guy. And I wish I was, but, uh, you know, like Eddie Van Halen and Eric Johnson and all these guys are the king of that stuff. But I'm not really a, you know, I just love Telecasters and I love Marshalls and I love DiMarzio and I have my own strings with Dean Markley and uh, it's just what I like and what's comfortable to me. It uh, seems to work just fine. Do you switch between different uh, string gauges depending on what type of song you're you're playing? Yeah, sometimes if it's a, a song that's like tuned down really low, you know, I'll, I'll go down to a, a heavier gauge string, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one thing watching guys like yourself or Eddie or or Zach Wild play, um, you guys just make it so effortless. And you know, I I play here and there on you know just jamming around at the house or on the weekends or whatever and for some reason like my fingers hurt after I get done playing um, now granted I'm sure that's because I don't play all the time but you know there must be something where I'm either pushing so hard or whatever it is um, you have any kind of technique you could help out with that well what I do is I play very very light very 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 light you know um I'm, I'm not hitting the strings really hard. I'm not, you know, doing that. I don't have a lot of tension in my hands. I don't have a lot of, you know, I'm not pressing down and really doing that hard. Um, and that's why, I, you know, I've never had any hand problems either. You well. know, I've never had any aches and pains or anything like that. But I think it's just repetition and over the years and years and years. Like, if you see a, a gymnast, you know, they make it look so effortless and, like, so, like, but they're, like, doing leaps and bounds and flips and rolls and all this stuff, and it seems so effortless. But if you or I tried to do that, it'd be a, a, a complete catastrophe. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially myself. <laughs> uh, so I think it's just repetition and... and uh, Try not to play as hard. Try not to put so much pressure. That's the only thing I would say. But you know, like, and I completely appreciate that. But if I'm playing, you know, like a like a Slayer song, you know, I I guess just because of the heaviness, I'm I'm strumming hard and I'm really you know grabbing the neck of the guitar. I guess in order to 
maybe project that it'll be a heavier sound, I suppose. So I, I'm assuming that you can play light, but you really have to amp up the the volume and gains on your amps to to make your sound come through. Well, a lot of the tone is in your hand, of course. Um, you know, you give a guitar, uh, an acoustic guitar, to some recognizable player, and it'll sound like that player. Um, but yeah, that's it's pretty much what the deal is with that. It's just um, it's just in your hand. So well, uh, yeah, I have to play as hard as um, you know this guy or that guy, and it's it's when you do press down super hard, your strings will go a little bit out of tune as well because you're you know the harder you press, there's going to be some weird tension on the strings going up or down. So it yeah. will um, affect the tune a little bit as well. Well, I'm going to try that different method, and uh, I can see what you're talking about by watching a video of, like, for Black Grass Plague. Um, you know, not only is the song great, but, I mean, come on, John, three different instruments? <laughs> you know, it's it's just amazing, dude. You, you couldn't find a harp or a cello or something to throw in there? <laughs> oh, well, you know, that, that wasn't around. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, everything is inspiration, and I got that from a... Um, a player named Joe Mason, and he was an old player from the 50s, and uh, he really, it was great, because I, he's got this thing called Pickin' and Singin', and it's on YouTube, and it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's him playing, singing, and he plays mandolin, and banjo, and fiddle, and stand-up bass, and, you know, all this stuff in, like, two minutes. It's really inspiring, so that's where wow. I got that. I'll have to check that out. Um, do you conceive the ideas for the videos, or you know, do you have someone that helps you out with that, or how does that come about? I wish I had someone that helped me out with it, because I don't have all the answers, but yeah, I, I come up with that. I always bounce it off my friends, hoping to get a little, oh, maybe you should try this or that, you know, but um, yeah, so I pretty much come up with all of it. Well, I'm very appreciative for the video that you put together for Here's to the Crazy Ones because I'm a huge Planet of the Apes guy, and um, yeah. my grandmother passed about 25 years ago, uh, but when she was alive, we would, like, every time it came on, you know, or we knew it was coming on, I'd come over, we'd watch Planet of the Apes, man. It was like it was like our our movie, you know? <laughs> so to see that yeah, video yeah. was just so awesome. I mean, that had to be fun to uh, to do that one, John. Yeah, and the TV show was so great, too. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was um, It was a lot of work, I'll tell you that much. It was a lot of makeup, because that's all prosthetics. You wow. Know? That's all, um, yeah, so that's all, that's no mask or anything. Those are all prosthetic, and the hair was all put on and individually, and so it was... Uh, And as and as far as the music, I mean, I think it's so cool how you use like that slap technique, like bass players use on the guitar. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. Of course, I can't stop talking about videos without talking about Hell Hall because you know, from back in the day, for this growing up in the seventies, man, I was a big Hee Haw guy. You know, that would always be on. My gr grandparents were watching, my folks or whatever. So. Um, those little jokes and all the all the little segments. Um, did you write all that, or did you have writers for that? No, it was all like just like jokes that I say and things <laughs> like that. And 
you know, it's just like a really dark hee-haw, you know, like a satanic hee-haw. And uh, it came off really well. I want to do like another episode, if you will, you know, and uh, I think that would be fun. Like another, you know, welcome to hell, uh, you know, but have a different song. Yeah, know? yeah. I think that'd be really fun. I would watch that, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> you know, um, track three on, on the album, John, is, is uh, contains three of my favorite things in life, man. Guitars, tits, and monsters. <laughs> That's right, mine too. <laughs> you know, even though this is an instrumental album, how do you come up with the song titles? You know, it's, it's um, I'll hear it wherever. You know, I'll, I'll like... Here's to the Crazy Ones was a uh, letter that Steve Jobs uh, wrote, and he signed it, Here's to the Crazy One, you know? And so I always thought, God, what a great title. And um, Guitarist and the Monsters are just, you know, three of my favorite things. Um, these are a few of my favorite things. Exactly. <laughs> and... Um, Making Monsters is, you know, self-explanatory. You know, Behind the Nut Love is like, it's all done behind the nut of the guitar, you know, all the string bending and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's fun. I like to play with the song titles. I put so much thought into the record. So, uh, you know, I really tried to put, you know, I didn't want to just call it, you know, whatever, Black Holder or whatever. I wanted it to have like a little cool meaning and things like that. That's cool. And the song itself starts off heavy, and then it changes to, like, a cool, you know, smooth rhythm. So I'm assuming that that part is the tits part of the song? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cool, sexy uh, little romantic? Yeah, that'll, be, that'll be the one I do the next video for, you know, like the Hellcock thing with the uh, guitarist tits and monsters. That'd be good. Yeah. Because they, they were all pretty buxom on that show. Yeah, that's so cool, man. Um, okay, man, so yeah, so, you know, we'll look out for the uh, album coming out March 3rd. The tour kicks off then. Um, you know, usually when we see you, you're on stage with Zombie, and there's devils and, and demons on stage. Uh, you know, what are you looking for as far as this tour goes, visual-wise? Um, let's see. Well, this one, the set list is different. There's, you know, a new drummer. We're doing new songs, and... You know, uh, you know, cool monsters are going to come out, and uh, all sorts of cool production is going to happen. Um, so it's it's going to be a blast. We did this medley last year of all these cool rock tunes and things like that. So this time we have a brand new medley. So it's going to be it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it. Um, last summer, I saw the uh, Zombie Corn tour uh, August thirtieth and September third. So that, and I think the Thursday in between there was when Thirty One came out, Zombies movie. So that whole weekend was all about Zombie Man. That was a, that was a really cool tour. Yeah, it was a really great tour. That was a really really fun tour, big tour, and uh, you know we love the Corn guys. They're just so great to tour with. I did a couple end-of-the-year polls, and I wanted you to pass along to Rob and the guys that uh, Rob Zombie was voted the best live band of 2016 by our viewers. So, um, oh, And you guys, I mean, come on, you guys put on a fantastic live show. So, um, Thank you. I'll tell them for sure. I'm going to see them in a couple hours. 
John, I appreciate your time today. Season of the Witch comes out March 3rd, and we'll look for you in the Sellersville on April 10th. Great, thank you. You waste your time on that stupid picture. He tried to escape, but he didn't succeed. This will be the key to our problem. You'll see. I'm sorry I let you talk me into it. I've studied the humans. They're extremely vulnerable in family situations. It's only a matter of time until he'll come to think of that woman and the boy as his own family.
Such a great tune from John 5. That's off the new record. Uh, Here's to the Crazy Ones is the name of the song. And again, album comes out this Friday from uh, uh, Season of the Witch from John 5. Um, another album that comes out um, this Friday is Amir's new song, our new album. Um, Look at Yourself comes out this Friday. And uh, yeah, uh, Frankie and his new band um, just tear it up on this freaking album. Um, you guys are being warned because this song, this uh, album's fucking badass, very heavy, and uh, comes out this Friday. Um, the band uh, uh, kicks off a tour. Um, actually, they're on tour now with uh, Fit for a King, Fit for an Autopsy, and After the Burial. So. Um, I can't wait. Well, I think we're going to see that one in a couple of weeks when it comes to Jersey. Um, but this is the latest single, Flag of the Beast. You know what you are? You're the Antichrist. What? Yes, that's what you are. You are the motherfucking Antichrist.
you guys hate Mondays. I fucking hate Mondays. But metal makes Mondays and every day so much fucking better. Thanks with them. You're there. Great fucking tune. Um, all right, guys. So that wraps it up for this Monday. Um, I appreciate you guys stopping by. Um, yeah, once again, some great uh, music coming out this Friday. Uh, John Five and Amir both have new albums coming out this Friday. And uh, make sure that you stop uh, by and let's catch them live on tour when they come through your area. And we will end the show as we always do with fucking Pantera and Primal Concrete Sledge. This is a song of unity. This is one called Primal Concrete Sledge.